Hello and welcome to this week's Grape Culture Podcast, the podcast where three women drink wine and discuss feminist literature and issues. I am Sam. I'm Kim. And I'm Alex. And we hope you enjoy the episode. On this week's episode, we are going to talk about award shows and specifically the Oscars. Why are they so male? But before we do that, we are going to talk a little bit about the wine that I have chosen. Yes. Which I'm very excited about. So I have chosen Sparkle Horse. <laughs> Say it again with more enthusiasm. <laughs> Sparkle Horse. <laughs> so the wine I've chosen this week I'm very excited about. It is called Sparkle Horse. Ooh. It is a um, Chenin Blanc sparkling wine from the Stellenbosch region of South Africa. It has an awesome label with a sort of... Uh, carousel you know, horse. Carousel oh, horse. I was going to say That's... merry-go-round. That's not right. That's um, just the child's version. Which I got from Great Western Wines. It is made by Ken Forrester, and the description on the back oh, Ken. is as well. <laughs> such an average name. <laughs> Just Ken made it. Just Ken, because my friend Ken. Um, Ken Forrester Wines has a superb reputation for Chenin Blanc, and this sparkling wine in the classic tradition is no exception. Carefully selected, cool vineyard sites allow the grapes to mature while maintaining the all-important refreshing acidity. Made by the Cap Classique or traditional method, this wine is aged for 24 months or less to develop a creaminess and delicate mousse. Oh, creamy. Oh, mousse! <laughs> While still maintaining <laughs> bright, <laughs> bright, fresh apple, pear and quince aromas. An ideal bubbly to celebrate with and equally at home with a light creamy chicken and fish dishes. Why is there so much cream? <laughs> creamy chicken. Um, creamy. Mm, Bailey's. Can confirm vegan, according to the website. Good. So... We shall pop it open. But does have booze in, Samantha. Does have booze. So I'm not drinking this this week. I am drinking a lovely elderflower cordial with soda water. How are you feeling? I am buzzed, mate. (laughs) So buzzed. So the reason I chose this one just before I pop it is um, I'd gone there to pick up a sparkling red because I wanted to try something a little bit different. But the sparkling red that I wanted was out of stock, which is... Just always the way. But I've had my eye on this one for a while because I thought that it would be really fun if we if we did a sparkling wine that we wanted something a little bit different, yeah. a little bit exciting that's not just Prosecco. And the woman that I spoke to at uh, Great Western Wines was really, really excited about it. She said it's one of her favourite wines that they do. So I feel like the bottle's so extra okay. that you just wouldn't have that just in your fridge for like yeah. casual drinking of an eve. Yeah, and I think that's part extra. of it is that <laughs> I thought it would be perfect because the label is so extra and it's so like gaudy and bright and um much like the oscars flashy. yeah exactly it yeah. kind of it has that award ceremony feel like something a bit flashy and special yeah anyway let's pop on. that bottle are you feeling extra and fancy with your so fucking extra mate <laughs> cheers 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 <laughs> oh it smells i actually think it does have a really different taste to sparkling wines that i have because it doesn't have that same like headachey <laughs> nasal taste that like champagne has um, you're really selling the champagne lifestyle. And it's not as... It's <laughs> so not as, nasal. That's cocaine that you're thinking of. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Another oh, Oscars thing. That's what we should have done. <laughs> what, coke? We've just done shit tons of coke. That wouldn't be breaking your um, dry January. <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't have he- yeah, it nasal doesn't have headache. That, like, that sort of nasal, oaky champagne thing. Mm. It doesn't. It's not quite as dry as Prosecco. Um, and it's not as cracked, Carver. Alex, there's a face going no, on. No, I'm trying to work it out. It's quite, it's weirdly fruit, like fruitier mm. than champagne. It's definitely like full on fruit. Yeah. And it's fizzier as well than a lot of the sparklies that we've had. I quite like it. It's very, there's a lot of aggressive fizz going on. 
It's flamboyant <laughs> in appearance and on the palate. I would agree with that. Thanks. Now that we'll lick it up and Sam is continuing with her soda water. I thought you just said now that we will lick it up. (laughs) (laughs) So now you've got your fizz and I've got my pseudo fizz. So we're talking about Oscars and award ceremonies, but why the fuck are we talking about this now? Well, the reason that we're talking about this now is that this episode is due to drop just after the Oscars. Um, We would have liked it to come out before because obviously we don't know the results at the time of recording, but um, it just doesn't work out that way for us. And also, it kind of doesn't really change the conversation that we're going to have. No. Because it's less about who wins and it's a lot about the nominations. The but, taking part uh, that counts. <laughs> and just yeah. a historic, the ability uh, to uh, take part. Yeah. yeah. Historically, what it's been like. Yeah. yeah. Um, but also, we're just off the back of the Grammys and the controversy there. So um, it's just generally award season. And we wanted to talk about, in this particular instance, the sort of systemic and oppressive gender issues around um, award ceremonies. We will touch on things, the similar issues around Oscars So White as well. But specifically this year, the conversation is very heavily weighted to Oscars So Male. And so... Mm-hmm. Um, I follow quite a lot of celebrity gossip and I thought that it would be a really interesting to- topic to talk about. Yes. Plus excuse for fizzy wine. Plus excuse for fizzy wine. We but should have got all togged up in sequins and Well, we did hair. talk about it. But I put lipstick on. Yeah, and I you, have actually made, you have actually so made an effort. You have made an effort. Alex is wearing flannel. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not even, it's like, like hand-me-down flannel. <laughs> It is that is hacky sack weed smoking flannel. Yeah, it is really what that is. is. I literally look the least Oscar ready anyone <laughs> has ever looked no, in their I, life. If Billie Eilish was going to the Oscars, that's what she'd wear. So you said about um, Oscars so white, Oscars so male. What what does that mean? Because when you first told me that, I'd not heard this um, as a phrase, and I thought, why is Kim not able to speak properly? <laughs> Oscars so male. What what is that? So a couple of years ago, everyone finally called the academy on their shit about the fact that basically all of the quote-unquote big awards the best director best picture um the big five best actress and best picture best director best actor best actress and best director no i said director i can't remember what the other one is screenplay is it screenplay screenplay maybe yeah maybe Um, yeah um anyway the 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 big ones you know the ones that people actually pay attention to and the first ones that you kind of get announced when you check them in the morning were and have been all or predominantly uh, white nominees. Yes. Um, for the last, at the time, I think it was what eighty nine, the eighty nine. Yeah, we're on the ninety second Academy Awards yeah. this year. So a couple of years ago, uh, people lost their shit about that, and I think it was because it was it was a particularly um, fraught year for Black Lives Matter, and it was a particularly beautiful year for um, for films by. Uh, and written by and directed by and acted by people of colour and um, they it was seen as a, a gross snub basically which it is and it's and mm. um, basically people stopped standing for it and stood up for it instead so that was the um, the hashtag a couple of years ago was hashtag Oscar so white and after after that went viral the Academy brought in a bunch of new voters to try and shake up the mm. uh, the makeup of the Academy the, of the voters. Shake up the makeup. Shake up the makeup. Oh, um, there's another word there, but I can't remember. What, Diversity. What it is. 
so yeah to try and sh- to try and shake that up to try and get different viewpoints in the academy voters then the next year it happened again and then this year everyone was kind of wincing and waiting for it to be wrong again because mm. last year was kind of pretty i think pretty vanilla for the most part do you mean white by that yeah, no 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 mean? i mean i mean the whole the whole oscars award ceremony no one really there wasn't any major controversy aside from the fact that they didn't have a host for the first time last year mm. um but then so this year everyone was kind of expecting it to go terrible again and i think it's particularly as reflects the uh american political climate and instead what happened was that while that remains true that the oscars are predominantly still led by white actors and actresses and everything like that the glaring obvious snubs were all gender-based and it was that um directors and actresses were snubbed for what are considered female-led films um most notably greta gerwig for little women as best director even though the film itself was nominated for best picture she was not nominated for best director which is shocking pretty unheard of unless you are a woman Mm. um and so i'm gonna pass over to sam for some facts about like the gender and race statistics yeah so i wrote down some facts because i knew i wasn't gonna remember them so yeah this year there are no nominees for in the best director category for any women they're all men and predominantly all white men as well mm-hmm. um how many nominees do they have uh there's kind of i think they have more than six but they always talk about like the big six don't they yeah well i think there are i think there are six it's five or six five or six that make it to the final ballot yeah. um there's normally a shortlist of about 10 to 12 yeah. but you don't okay. you don't always hear about the shortlist. On, on the tv but yes. you can't vote like they can't win if they're on the shortlist they can't win they have to be on the final ballot yeah okay and so we're saying the academy awards have been going for 92 years mm-hmm. in that time uh have a guess how many women have been nominated in the best director category i know the answer to this so okay not you then oh my god yes. it's gonna be shocking yeah. um six nearly five Oh. So if you think 92 years, five people in each category, do some maths, which I'm not going to do, 480-ish, ridiculous. five women, uh, and one has won. Mm-hmm. One? One. Mm-hmm. And that was Catherine um, something, I can't remember her surname, Bigelow. Yeah. Yeah. What for what? For the Hurt Locker, about oh 10 years gosh. ago. Not that's, even that. That's really made me feel quite... Sick. Sick, yeah. And then, it goes to go down even further, if we're talking about the best actress category, which we'll talk about a bit more in a while. So, um, talking about uh, black minority ethnic uh, nominees, mm-hmm. there has been one winner of best actress in those 92 years, who was um, BAME, and that was Halle Berry. Mm-hmm. And that was in 2002. <laughs> Yeah. Um and and before that there was what like one person who'd won supporting yes um and even in the actor category so in the male category there've only been five yeah. winners yeah so jeez oh, that makes me feel really it's very white and funny very like, male funny yeah. inside that's horrible yeah so that's that's why I wanted to talk about it because it's bullshit I feel like gender politics and race politics are for us something that we pay attention to a lot in the news and it's a lot of what we hear coming out of american politics in particular other than donald trump said a thing is an idiot 
the other thing that we mostly hear from America is obviously Hollywood and and celebrity culture. It, it's the, probably one of their biggest exports, you know, like visually. That's what I find so interesting is that apparently it doesn't matter how woke Hollywood seems. You think when you're reading these articles, these glossy magazine things, that they're on the right side of history. And then year after year after year, this is happening. And in particularly a year which has seen, I think, more political political stories coming out of America around people trying to suppress things like reproductive rights and um, trying to get gay people kicked out of the nation. Yeah, the and then you've got horses. the you know the popularity of the Hammy's Tale, the publication of the Testaments. Yeah, for it to be so so male, so tone deaf. The nomination, like, yeah. I th- I just think it's awful and fascinating. I know the particular story that's coming out of this is Greta Gerwig. Yeah, so Little Women um, is the, is the film that has been nominated for Best Picture that she directed. She's directed various other things as well, hasn't she? Mm-hmm. It's not like this is her include. No, so she was nominated, I think, for Lady Bird. But I mean, she's. She's. This isn't she, her yeah, first. This isn't her debut. No, no, no. And late. Well, Ladybug was a critical darling and everything, and so. And it's basically Greta Gerwig was given after the last Oscars, given carte blanche to go forth and create the next amazing things. And she chose to make this adaptation of Little Women, which stars Saoirse Ronan as Joe. Anyway, yeah. So it's got and it's got Meryl Streep in it, and it's got Love Laura Dern in it. Yet Greta Gerwig was not nominated for it, but she's. You know, she's not it. From all the articles and everything that you hear about it, she's not just the director. She's she's the creative drive between this. She basically decided every part of it, and so for it to be nominated for and then not for best her picture, to, but so for bizarre. her not, to not be nominated for best director is a calculated snub. And there's a whole lot of interesting controversy around it. I've been talking for a long time. Do you have anything to say about <laughs> Little Women? Uh, I've never read it, I've never seen it, and I have no interest in doing so. But that... (laughs) So I think it might be hard for me to comment, but I think what is interesting is one of the articles that we read earlier was talking about Little Women, uh, obviously because of this, because of um, Greta Gerwig being snubbed. Have you said the word snubbed more than we've ever said it in a single night? But it's it's the word to use. It is the word that she was fucked over. it, It made the point this article that really little women has been done again and again and again it was a book it's like this is like the sixth adaptation of it for stage or sc- mm. for screen um how many fucks can people give about little women is was this po- was, was me paraphrasing what this article said but one person in the article said yeah and i am inclined to agree with that person just because i have no interest in the book but that doesn't mean it's a bad film or anything or that it shouldn't be recognized i do feel though that the constant remakes of things there's only so much you can do with it but then surely that's like a criticism on the producers that would i mean i I suppose i don't know but then the fact that it's been nominated for best yeah if it's so people are clearly recognizing it's good yeah and she had the creative vision far more than just the direction it sounds Mm. kim so surely the person who should get the credit is her yeah i take umbrage with the that point it was actually one of the points in the article that i really disagreed with it sounded so condescending because as he was saying that like oh i'm sure it's a great film i mean i've it's made loads of money and blah blah but like do people really care about watching the same adaptations over and over again 
how many Second World War, First World War films have been Yeah, and I don't, and I, yeah. This is a conversation that I was having with someone at work today, which was basically like, they... There's categorised Oscar fodder. There are things that people will do over and over again. Period dramas are categorised as Oscar fodder. Yeah, but like Little Women is the same story, whereas like, to be honest, I don't even know why I'm defending them because I hate war films. But like First World War, Second World War films is going to have different... Yes, it's the same war, but it's going to have different different characters. It's not like someone's remaking Birdsong over and over again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, true. Although one of the points about... This this little woman supposedly is that it does something really different with the uh, the source material and it makes it takes it in a really different um direction for uh Amy who's the youngest March sister who is uh universally renowned as a total bitch but um apparently she's like redeemed in this one um that's very diluted feedback that I've received but the the thing about war films versus period dramas is or at least the way that I look at it, is war films, ultimately, men in trench fight thing have hard time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if the trench is a Man war room. Man comes back completely changed. Yeah, if the yeah. trench is a war room, or a fighter <laughs> jet, or an actual literal trench, or the trench of his mind is still man in trench, <laughs> has bad time, has sats. Triumphs and or doesn't triumph. Yeah. Doesn't Usually triumph. Usually lovely woman be. waiting for him at home, sending yeah. him yeah. lovely letters. And I think that there have been a lot more than six adaptations of that story. And yeah. it's the idea that But it's yeah. It's the idea that it's not necessarily I appreciate that, you know, Little Woman is a remake and I don't want to see it partially for that reason, even though I'm sure that it's wonderful and I probably will see it eventually. I also love the casting. Um, but that's my personal preference. But the argument isn't that the argument isn't that it's Little Women. No, it's, it, at this point, is, it's not really about what the film is. It's about what has happened based around the fact that it's been yeah that yeah. she hasn't been nominated despite the fact her work and, has been recognised. But also, and if it was a man that directed it, would he have been exactly? Nominated? If a man yeah. had directed Little Women, he would have been nominated. If it was exactly the same film but with a man's name. Yeah. If her name was George Gerwig, like it'd be, yeah, that'd be it. Yeah, and that's that's the thing that bugs me because the stories that have made it, the directors that get, um, nominated, and the stories that time and time and time and again, because we're not just as as you demonstrated with the stats that you very kindly read out, um, that this isn't just about this one film, this one person. This is about ninety two years of women's stories or women telling stories not being as important as men telling stories and that also it's it's even up until recently films that depict a woman's story even if directed by a man weren't that like weren't as popular because women's stories are not that important and i think you can you can look to things like rom-coms or comedies and this is where it steers into the best actress thing with hustlers which is a woman's story and was widely regarded to have been snobbed um at uh, snub sorry mm-hmm. uh particularly with regards to j-lo um but it's we're perfectly the academy is perfectly happy to vote time and time again for men's stories telling men's point of view about things that most men pretty much haven't fucking experienced like the mafia or 
World War One slash two, or the world of competitive sport, or the world of competitive sport, or and cars, fighting, or <laughs> shooting, or blah. Yeah. Whereas the women's stories, which is actually more likely to be things that, that women have experienced. To, I mean, if yeah. you look at Lady Bird, is literally the story of a like abnormal teenage girl going through normal teenage girl stuff. That story isn't interesting. Whereas you've got shit like. Um, and I say shit with all the love in the world because I really like this film. But like Rushmore, which is a very similar story about a man, a, a teenage boy directed by Wes Anderson. And that was a critical darling. And it's just, it's bullshit. It is a systematic ignoring of women's stories. It's more than just this storyteller. It is also women's stories are less important. And I think you only need to look at other awards like The Booker or The Grammys, which we'll talk about in a bit. Like... <sighs> the appreciation for women artists and stories and storytelling is not there and this doesn't even touch on all the other interpretations of gender Hmm. that we're not including you know we're looking at this as a very binary division because the academy the way that the awards are set up are very binary yeah um but this doesn't even take into account all of that which is just a whole other kettle of fish and again, it's like, oh, it's fine if you tell a story about um, trans people as long as the lead character is played by a cis white male and he's he's really stretching his himself and it's directed by men. Well, it's the same sort of thing as like when the amount of um, roles that could be given to people who don't who aren't able bodied and that they're given to able bodied actors who then get an Oscar for being like, oh, well done, you portrayed their struggle so well. And it's like, yeah, Yeah. but... Alex, what do you think about the Oscars and all award ceremonies being so male-dominated? I don't know. It's great, right? Yeah. Yeah, it makes me so warm to my heart. I mean, it's the same story over and over again, isn't it? I think in any kind of... Yeah, uh, literally. um, In any industry about stories since time began men's stories kind of have dominated and are the ones that people remember i think also like you know it stems back from we we talk about um authors from however many years ago and women had to use a male pseudonym Mm. like you know to get recognized it is ingrained in us to not recognize women and put put men above and it's really hard that that still is is evident and people may say no it's not we're becoming so much more you know equal and equality and feminism is kind of ruling the way forward and yes it is more prominent but the whole conversation that we just had represents that it's not kim you talked a bit there about the some of the reasons behind it or like some of the the way that a lot of the stories being told are male stories or male-led stories, and even um, that one of like the only films recently that won Best Picture that had a female um, lead, admittedly it was a film directed by a man, um, mm. was The Shape of Water, yeah. and that was the only one in the last ten years, I think. Something like that, Something yeah. Something like that, I that mean, won any awards. It's one of the only ones that jumps to mind. Yeah. But what is that when she thought is that Del when Toro? she falls in love with the fish? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I actually really love that film. It's a it. beautiful film. Yeah, I love it. And that's another thing. But I, I love Del Toro. To be fair, I don't watch a lot of films, so I probably don't have like this is not really my area. So if anyone wants to jump in, then do. But why do you think that male-dominated stories... like we can just go out ah, of the patriarchy? But why do you think male-dominated stories or male-led stories or stories about the same thing are the ones that get 
the recognition what do you think people are either not seeing or refusing to see in female-led projects i think that the a large part of it is that people who the majority of the people who can vote who are cis white men are taught to believe that the only stories that are relevant to them are stories that it's history not history yeah (laughs) that see them on the screen which is also why they don't historically award films with uh, people of colour in the lead roles and Mm. stuff like that. And I think that it's it's the idea that if they're not in it, if they can't see themselves, then it's not true or that something is being rammed down their throat. And there's also the idea that if it is a woman in the lead role, then it's going to be a quote-unquote soppy film about feelings. And therefore, they, they can't be seen to like it, even if they do. Okay. Um, because toxic masculinity. And if it's a person of colour in the the lead role, there's the element of, well, I don't want this to be a thinking thing. That this is going to be tragedy and sad. I don't want, I don't want thinking in my entertainment. I just want to enjoy it. Um, whereas there's the perception that if you're telling a story about a person of colour, then it is automatically a story of struggle. And even if the same struggle was happening to a white person, they could be like, well, that really resonates with me because I can't believe my ancestors have done, have gone through that. The argument there, you know, the argument that is made back at these people who, who use this argument, oh, well, that so-and-so didn't get nominated because people didn't resonate it resonate with it because it was such a um specific story or whatever you or or the you know female superhero films won't sell because men go to the cinema and they can't associate with someone who's not doesn't look like them it's like well women have been going to the cinema and voting for films and being in films and loving films for hundreds of years looking at watching hundreds of years you know what i mean like (laughs) since 1506 since 1506 yeah um ye olde timey (laughs) <laughs> uh cinema that women have been have been going to male centric films for years and years yeah. and years and have been perfectly able to connect with it but that's also not having a choice mm. yeah no through not having a choice but they've been perfectly able to yeah. connect with it. so people who use the argument oh they're not uh, yeah it won't work because people won't buy it are liars yeah, but it's also like it's an endless cycle because like you know we've already spoken about the representation on it on the screen anyway and and in any industry um that you might connect with so um as long as there isn't more um like uh actors that and actors that represent every single person in this world then it the representation needs to be there for people to potentially connect. Absolutely. And then if they're not there, then people endlessly vote for the the films that they are able to connect with and then more people aren't coming into the industry and blah, blah, blah. So it's... It, but where does there, the fault lie, I But suppose? when they are there, as they are here, they are there for people to connect with stories that are different Yeah, but people who are voting aren't the people that are being shown on screen so we need to get them into so i know that they said like that's what i mean like people that are at the top of their field who are the ones that are on the voting uh system panel panel, um aren't necessarily those people that we're bringing into the industry now Mm, so true but i you know like there's nothing there's nothing besides 
stubbornness and willful willful choice that's stopping people at the top of their game that are currently voting now from appreciating the art and the artists. Oh yeah, I'm not sticking up for them. No, 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 I know. Um, that are that are on screen. Like that's that's why we keep the reason that we keep getting these stories that um are being that told are basically the same time yeah is because the people who have the power aren't interested in making and supporting these new things. Shit, isn't it? Full stop. Is that on your factual yeah. sheet? It's on my it's just it's my summary. Uh no, I just I don't know. I think it's it's one of these things that doesn't have a clear cut answer because yeah. there are women on these voting panels. There are people of colour on these voting panels. Yes, they're not in a they're not in the majority. Um but also it's just because it's a really tricky thing because just because you put these people there doesn't mean that they're necessarily going to be voting for a film just because it's directed by women and mm. or whatever and nor should they yeah, because course. everything should be done on merit but then it mm. gets back to that thing of like well how can you how can you it be objective be how can you yeah yeah but it's it doesn't work like that so it's really also the films with the most money and inevitably the male driven films anyway well yeah they're back so that, a lot. you know yeah. so they can and then it's... have better higher quality um whatever it might be yeah and it's the same kind of argument as you know we're getting a, we'll be talking about this on another episode in the future but we're getting a black widow film finally um okay, which I'm was a film that had that. 10 years too late. about 10 years 10 years after the first avengers film and after everyone went she should have her own film and then the various studios mainly disney were like nope no one wants to see a female superhero and then also this year we've got birds of prey which is the um new harley quinn film mm. which is out next week well, we uh, which captain has... marvel captain marvel was quite yeah a last success. year yeah, I mean, and yeah, Wonder yeah. and Wonder Woman. Late. But all this is these are within the last two years. And also, really enjoy that it's called Captain Marvel and not Miss Marvel. <laughs> Little Miss Marvel. Yeah, I enjoy Miss yeah. Marvel. Um, but yeah, it's it's. We'll, as we said, we'll talk about superhero films in more detail. But it's there's this inherent belief that because a story has a female protagonist or is told by women or whatever, that the audience isn't going to be there, um, which is not true. And, and it's been proven to be not true. And it's been proven to be not true, but it's something that studios keep holding on to, which means we're seeing less films, which means you're going to get more white, cis, hetero film, male films being made. Um, it so this, the yeah, it's so a vicious cycle. And the when you think about the people, like the films that do well, the female either directed or with female leads, the ones that do well, a lot of them, I think it's really hard because female uh, creatives will go often go one of two ways, and I'm not saying it's the only thing they do, but there is you can see it in various different um, creative industries, which is that they try and do something very masculine or traditionally masculine heavy, like the Hurt Locker, very masculine setting, mm-hmm. war, um, bomb disposal, wasn't it? Um, to either prove that they can or to appeal to the male audience as well as being female or it's very heavily female orientated to try and correct the imbalance Mm. and there are there are films in the middle and i'm not saying that the people that's the only thing they do you said you actually were shocked to find yeah they were directed exactly and um i'll go through some of those in a bit but it's just it's trying i think women don't have the space to find their voice properly yet 
Yeah. And that's what people are trying to find. Like, that's what's trying to emerge. But it's not being given the opportunity to yeah. emerge. Especially because with um, with male versus female directors and producers, if a male pro- directs a flop, he'll mm. get another chance and he'll get another chance and he'll get another chance. Or a start in a flop, we'll get another Yeah, I mean, look at Tim Burton. Chance. I was going to say, <laughs> look at Ben Affleck. It's essentially, it's like... And then a woman will get one, one shot. One shot, yeah. And you'll never hear from it's, her It's again. like we were talking about in our stand-up episode. Like, you know, yeah, like, you know you're like, right, you woman, you're going to walk on stage, you've got one shot. And you're representing your Rep- entire gender. Exactly. One, and if yeah. you screw up, that's it, women yeah. aren't funny. Yeah, women aren't funny, or women, female stories don't sell, or female directors are shit, or whatever, yeah. just because you're one woman and you've not that done, one moment in jump the through whatever hoops that yeah you're meant to and then through. usually female stand-ups either focus on something really heavily female or like taboo to be or like proper, oh, sh- like or proper factor, lad yeah. proper lad mm-hmm. and it's like like you say they haven't had room to find their voice mm-hmm. yeah and so i i was looking up films by female directors because i was like actually i i probably can't name that many female directors um sophia coppola maybe um ava duvernay sure Reese Witherspoon's directed some stuff, I know that, but and Elizabeth Banks, but like, there's not many I could name. But I had a look at some films, and I was surprised by some of them because I didn't think they were female, mainly because, and I'm probably I'm guilty as having the same kind of prejudices in certain ways of thinking that a certain thing might be female or male in direction. Mm. Um, and I was surprised. So one of the films is um, Monster, the mm-hmm. Charlize Theron serial killer film. Um, yeah, it's pretty. Savage, it's, um, but it's quite psychological. Runners. She won an Oscar for it. Didn't she, she did win an Oscar for it. Um, and that was a, one of those. She won an Oscar because she was a, she wasn't afraid to go ugly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh look, Charlize Theron took her makeup off. Let's give her an Oscar. Oh, it wasn't as simple as that. There was a lot more to it. Yeah. But, no, I know. Yeah. Um, Amer- American Psycho. Yeah, you said very earlier. fucking violent film. Which is the... Really surprised me that one. Yeah. I think I knew it, but it surprises yeah. me every time. Uh, the Matrix, the Wachowskis. I didn't know that was female directed. Two, two female yes. directors. Um, Love the Matrix. Women. Yes. Big, the Tom Hanks film. <laughs> oh my god, I love Big. Yeah. Oh. Female director. I saw. Uh, but hate Tom, I hate after. Tom Hanks. I do. But that was before I developed I a hatred him. for him, <laughs> and so like sad, I just love right? the concept of Big. So, uh, the Babadook. Oh, I love the Babadook. Zero Dark Thirty was the other one. That was a female oh, I knew director. That one. And then I was, because I was expecting lots more, or, um, and it, I, again, like I said, kind of, I'm a feminist, but I do expect a lot of chick flicks to be directed by women. Don't know no. why, just do. All right, well, fair no, enough. No, 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 I just, no, they're not. I, yes, no. I yeah. No, you're wrong. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Settle down. Um, but no, the only ones I found, like big ones, were Clueless. Whoop, whoop. Oh, I love Clueless. Yes. And not this isn't even a big film. This is just a film I really liked, which is Bend It Like Beckham. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it's it. All this women will only tell girly female centric stories is bollocks. <laughs> yeah, like I suppose I would just assume that like we knew it was anyway. Love but, actually know and all that would probably ask Richard Curtis. I don't know. See, this is I yeah. don't know anything but, about non horror yeah. films. About non horror. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I think like. That's really interesting to me, the, the list that you have that you were surprised about. Yes. And I I often think that where I'm surprised that things are or are not. But I guess because most of the time I'm not thinking about it. To be fair, like we've all said, we don't really pay that much attention to it. No. I only pay attention to it because I read all the blogs. Um, I think that that leads us nicely to a bit of a break. 
Yeah. Um, How have you guys found your sparkling horse before we go? Yeah, sparkle horse. Sparkle. Oh, sparkle horse. Sparkle sorry. Horse. I have to oh, say. It's all one word as well. That's weird. Yeah. Sparkle horse. Sparkle horse. <laughs> How is your sparkle horse? Sparkle horse. Yeah. Right, that's a glowing review. I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> yeah, full The stop. Academy will recognise <laughs> that. It's got a really different flavour than Prosecco or than Champagne or Cava. Um, I'm not disappointed so far. I think it's quite uh, vibrant. It's giving me a hot face. And we are back from our break with refreshed glasses, more horse. Alice is, Alice? Alex has got something else. <laughs> That's not my name. <laughs> Alice. <laughs> um, um, so before the break, we were obviously talking about the Oscars and how male dominated, uh, particularly the film industry is. Um, and one thing I wanted to talk about in relation to that is the kind of spate of female remakes of uh, popular past movies, whatever. Uh, in particular, I guess we're thinking about that that Ghostbusters film that came oh, out a couple of years ago, yeah, not good. and Ocean's um, Ocean's Eight or whatever it was, they, were, they did that yeah. as well. Oh, I haven't um, seen it actually. To be fair, I haven't seen any of these films, and I. But I just, what do you think about them? Do you think it's why do you think they're happening? What part do you think they play in female-driven storytelling? And yeah, do you think they're a good idea? I think that the reason that they are happening is because there are no new stories that people want to tell in that no one wants, like, there are plenty of new stories, but everyone's like, oh, no, but let's do loads of remakes. I mean, look at Disney and all their stupid live action stuff. Yeah. Um, And every single Marvel film, which is basically the same film over and over again. Um... And I think it's that people want that familiarity. They want to go to the cinema and know how it's going to end. Kind what of. they're getting. Yeah. What they're getting. And it's it's seen as, I think somewhat incongruously, uh, seen as a way to further women in the industry by telling stories that are familiar. So mm. it's like, well, if you remake it with women, pe- people will be at least halfway interested to go see it because... They yeah. kind of made the story. Unfortunately, that backfired because you just get a lot of fanboys going, oh, I don't want to see it. It's ruined everything. Fucking Luke Skywalker would never stand for this. And you're like, well, fuck off. <laughs> Hashtag not all Luke's. It's... <laughs> I, I'm going on record. I enjoyed the all-female Ghostbusters. Oh, I did never not. Never seen it. I enjoyed it. It's great fun. Didn't need to be made, though. Yeah, it didn't need to be I, made. I think the backlash is unjustified. I think it's stupid. Women can make whatever fucking film they want. I do think that my my approach to it is that I don't feel like anyone needs to remake any stories. Bullshit but... is what it is. <laughs> it's bullshit. I, th- I, 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 think it, I think it does come down to money, like you were talking about. I think like people don't want to spend their money going to the cinema unsure about what they're going to they get. They want familiarity. They want familiarity. They're going to go, I'm going to be entertained by this. I know this story. I'm going to like it. Pay my money. Go sit in my seat. But also, producers are going to go, oh, I know what will make some money. Do this story. People are going to buy it. Go sit in their seat. Here's my ticket. So there we go. It's the most heavy-handed way of trying to get women in more female stories. Hey, here's a 
thing that the guys have done, but we'll we'll give it. You know, will give the girls a go and see if they can do it better. It's almost yeah. like it's not a level playing field because you can't take a story that people have loved and then just redo it and expect people to love it again. Like with any remake, it's fucking bullshit. Yeah, yeah. and it's it's always saying people to fail as well. Like I I felt that with the Ghostbusters, mm. where it was like you took something that was not even just like a pretty good film, like beloved a cult classic with huge huge names in it and like recently deceased names and stuff like that and remade it it wouldn't have mattered who it was i think it no but it was just like you did that like that was it's almost like you are opening up to people going but this is not what Bill Murray would have wanted like I know Bill Murray's still alive but still like it's that R.I.P. Bill it's that attitude you know it's that that kind of like this is not true to the heart of it there's no way to directly compare male and female I'm going to say projects again because or you know whatever because the lev- the playing fields aren't level there's mm. <laughs> you can't go, oh, well, we made a female Ghostbusters and look, it didn't do as well as the male one. Because it's not the same thing. And it's, yeah, it's fucking bollocks. I enjoy that voice. <laughs> Talking of fucking bollocks. <laughs> love it. <laughs> fucking love it. Put them in my mouth. Um, <laughs> but, best actress. Um, oh, obviously, I struggle with this. the Academy Awards and Golden Globes and a lot of the um, awards that recognise acting uh, have a best actor and a best actress but the accepted vernacular about people who perform in the theatre is now just everyone is an actor you don't mm-hmm. say actor actor best actress what do we think that there's any necessity for having actors divided into groups based on gender because also then where like you've then got the issue of trans people or non-binary people yeah. obviously mm-hmm. trans you should be in the if you identify as male, you should be in the male one, and if you identify as female, you should be in the female one. But it's not if people yeah, aren't binary, which category they like it is I think, it redundant? I think, it, now? I think it's really outdated. I think okay. it's I think like such is a form that asks for your sex, I or gender or whatever it might be. But the yes, the, I see what you're saying about the form thing. But by putting everyone in the same group together, do you think women would then be swallowed up by that? Would that was going to be my concern? Uh, Again, I think yes. That that probably like this, would yeah. that probably would be my concern at first. But I think it's a baby step in which we start to think of us as all equals. If we're still going to uh, gender categorize, regardless of taking into consideration people who are um, transsexual, like wh- whatever gender you identify with or non-gender, I. I think if we continue to categorise people as actors and actresses, we're already taking the step to identify everyone as actors. Mm-hmm. So why isn't that reflected in awards? Female directors aren't being uh, awarded like males are, but we're still on that journey now. We're on the journey of the fact that we're, we're equal in that category. Mm-hmm. And I think the same should be said for acting. I, I agree that the, the separation of it, not only is it... Um exclusive of um non-binary but also there is a there is a hierarchical approach to it because obviously if you watch any award show it goes best actress and then it goes best actor and then it goes best film like 
first act or is by the virtue of it being later it's like you know first runner up runner up winner like well, it's like right. when you oh, okay. when you think about it's the same thing as well like Wimbledon when you think about who won Wimbledon yeah people think of the men's singles that's like yeah, the head that's what the yeah. headlines run with it's not the female it's but it's women's. like it's like the headliner in a in a music festival you've got you yeah know, the headliner you've got the support, support. yeah but well, we also act. don't we've been talking about um like BAME actors directors and stuff like that and the fact they haven't been represented we don't have a category that is best BAME actor no like, well, so yeah, why should that would be segregation. because it would yeah, seem wrong yeah, exactly yeah. that would be segregation yeah. so why is female and male okay yeah. i don't know i just don't think it's that easy to be like well let's just eradicate it because i think that we will end up with hopefully not but another 92 years of men winning everything and i can't mm. be asked with that because they're not as good i'm sorry fight me leonardo de crap DiCaprio. if you put leonardo DiCaprio up against meryl streep Depends. Could Meryl Streep be a better Gatsby? Meryl Streep can play everything. She's always the right choice. What is she that from? Modern Family. Yeah. She could play Batman and she's still the right choice. Um, Grammys. You Grammys. said something about that, Kim. Yeah. Tell us about that. So before we... I'm not going to go into the whole Grammys are fixed and everything is terrible thing too much now because basically... But that's the headline. Tired. But that's the headline. Um, and this is, this is part of what sparked my whole wanting to talk about award ceremonies. I just think that we maybe need to do away with award ceremonies or completely... It's not just the Oscars. Like, we completely need to deconstruct award ceremonies because um, I read two articles today. One was about the Costume Designers Guild or Costume Creators Guild or whatever it's called. And then the Grammys um, is another example of an award ceremony that is just fucked. And... The Grammys has its whole slew of things. So the, 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 the TLDR is the former CEO of um, the Grammys, uh, Deborah Dukin, claimed that unearthed, quote, this is quoting Harper's Bazaar, a shocking accusations about the Recording Academy. Um, the claim included accusations of uh, sexual harassment, boys club covering things up rigging the votes uh favoritism bias etc etc and um gender pay gap issues that we discussed last year uh there was there's a lot that came out so this harper's bazaar article was written before the grammys um there was a lot that came out of it she was essentially forced out of her position by having tried to change the uh systemic um sexism and issues in the industry um and the idea is so she she lodged she tried to fix a lot of this um when she was she was hired um she was hired off the back of a controversy that saw someone be ousted for saying that women who weren't winning the art the artist of the year or this that the year awards should step up in order to be nominated and win more Grammys. So he was ousted. Turns out he was also being accused of various sexual assaults um, and other horrible things, and he's a terrible person, probably, um, alleged. Um, Anyway, she she got ousted. She spoke up. She went public. A bunch of people said, we're not fucking going to the Grammys if this is what's happening. One of those people was my girl Taylor Swift, who obviously I'm super biased because I love her. But separate to that like she she said she wasn't going um she has 
notably been quote-unquote snubbed before in the Grammys for Artist of the Year and Record of the Year. Um, it has come out since then that she, among others, were deliberately snubbed for things like Record of the Year and Artist of the Year, that it should have got, like, the votes were with them, yeah. but that it was deemed that people wanted to work with certain artists or they won't give awards to artists who will not attend the Grammys mm. or they mm. won't give awards to people who will not perform at the Grammys. Basically, long story short, Grammys is rigged, it's bullshit and it's systemically against women and people of colour, much like the Oscars, much like everything else. But it seems to be a lot more um, constructed, a lot more malicious and monetary than the Oscars. And I really enjoy them and I really like looking at all the dresses and I really like watching people win and I really like people getting snaps for like the good things that they did. Like I love when people get praised for the good work that they do. It's one of the big driving forces in how I operate in my work. You know, like you say thank you, you say well done, you say good job and it's important to recognise good work and I love watching people do that but it seems to me that these big flashy award ceremonies have stopped being about work. They've stopped being a meritocracy and they've started being, how can we make money out of exploiting women and people of colour? And I think to loop back around to the Oscars, you only need to look at the people who presented the nominations. They got John Cho and Issa Rae uh, to announce the nominations um, to popular like twitter famous and other times famous actors of color who they've basically exploited their faces to make these bland boring cis white men nomination announcements obviously we haven't really spoken much about ask her more campaign which is about like uh approaching women on the red carpet and asking them more than just oh, what are you wearing? Which unfortunately uh, does get asked quite a lot to female actors, directors, what, what, whatever they're there um, for award ceremonies. Um, yeah, we're not going to touch on that, but we're also equally pissed off about it. True that. <laughs> Generally, we're just really pissed off. Yeah. That brings us to the end of our chat about Oscars, awards, and the uh, inherent uh, corruption of these things, um, which, you know, obviously we are the first people to ever identify. But before we go, trailblazers, absolute trailblazers. Um, <laughs> so before we go, we have to rate the wine this evening, which was the Sparkle Horse, Sparkle all one horse. word. Um, <laughs> thank you, Kim. Uh, and it was some sort of fizzy Chenin Blanc Sparkle or something. Sparkle Horse, Chenin Blanc, Stellenbosch Brut. It's a sparkling Who made wine. it? Was Brute. it Ga- What's his name? Gav. Ken yeah. Forrester. <laughs> Ken and here's Dal. Do you know, I want... Ken Forrester off of Cellar Have you ever watched Star Wars? I don't know why I'm asking. Star I Wars. have! At your yes. house! Yes. So there's a, a Star oh God, Wars parody it's so bad. called um, Star Wars, which is porn. Um, but there are special effects in it. So it's like a sci-fi porno. And at the end, it says special effects, Ken and his dad. <laughs> this is so funny. I can't believe... You think that I would have watched that? No, it's just a fun fact for you. You never know. People surprise you. (laughs) You might have been a Star Wars aficionado. That's Uh, me. They did not win Best Picture for Star Wars. (laughs) Um, But yes, so Ken and his dad made this Sparkle Horse. Sparkle Horse? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, so Sparkle Horse, this is the 2016, for the record, Sparkle Horse. Sparkle Horse. Chenin Blanc uh, sparkling wine. Yeah, it was nice. 
Cracking. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, I'm not a fan. This is so controversial. I'm not a fan of champagne. But it's not champagne. No, I know. But also it tasted more champagne-y than, than prosecco What would you give it out of five grapes? I'm going to give it three. Okay, three? Yeah. I'd, I'd drink it again, but it wouldn't be my choice. I'd choose it for the label more than the taste. I'd be interested after you've given your rating, Kim, to know how much it costs. Okay. Um, so I also consider myself someone who prefers Prosecco over Champagne. But I, and I agree that this is definitely more on the Champagne leaning, but I really enjoyed it. Like, of the sparkling wines that we've done on this podcast in a long while, this is, it's, it was different. It was really, really vibrant. And I, um. Sparkly. It was sparkling. And I love the label. And it just, it was fun. Like it, I think the label really, like the taste really delivered on what the label promised. It's these bits. Like it, these little ribbon <laughs> tail ribbon bits. Yeah. Like, but it was fun. It was vibrant. It was, it was tasty. It was, a, I really enjoyed it. I'm going to give it a four. Okay. Ooh, and I'm that is high. Oh yeah, it is high. Especially like, like I said, like I think fizzy wine, a lot of the time is just much of a muchness. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but this one, yeah, yeah, I'd have this again as a special occasion. Um, and, and I what say did that it cost? specifically because it cost on special offer eighteen ninety five. Fuck off, sparkly horse bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a tad expensive. How much is it full price? I think £22. We've had more expensive wine. Yeah, we have, we. I'd spend 15 quid on it. Yeah. What's another three? Yeah, but 15 seems... Okay. (laughs) I think think that it's... It's in the 10 to 15 bracket as opposed to the 15 to 20. Um, I agree. Like, I'd probably probably buy it again, but I'd probably wait for it to be on offer. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Maybe not 22, but... So three and a four mm-hmm. for this bacalos. How Bacalhaus. is your non-alcoholic? My cordial, yeah, it's cracking. So that brings us to the end of the show this week. If you want to follow us on social media, we're on Instagram at Grape Culture Podcast. We're on Twitter at Grape Culture Pod. You can head over to our website, which is www.grapeculturepodcast.co.uk. Or if you want, you can send us an email. We are grapeculturepodcast at gmail.com. We're going to have another episode for you in two weeks' time. So tune in in two weeks to find out what we're going to be talking about then. Thanks for listening.